It's the Off Grid Prep Things Podcast. Hello, everyone. It's the Off Grid Prep Family Podcast, episode 21. Today is Learn Morse Code, the fast and fun way, and grow a year's worth of food. We're getting it all done today. Nice. We're cramming it into one episode. It's yeah. two for one. Shall we just move right into it? Uh, yeah, let's get into it. Learning Morse code. It's a super fun thing to do, and you can teach your kids, which is also super fun. And then they're tapping across the table at each other at breakfast time, and you don't know what they're saying, and it's annoying, but cute. I had looked at Morse code for years and <laughs> thought it was this really complex thing, but it's, it's actually more intuitive than... It is. Yeah. And it's really, I find it really helpful for young readers, like when they're right at that point of learning that the A says ah and turning that into mm. words, we also do Morse code. So like if you're under 10, you can learn Morse code in a week, 14 days tops. It's pretty fun. And it's a cool little skill to have for your off-grid prep family. It is. You'd put those exercises up on the blackboard. Yeah. Every day we learn a letter or two, and suddenly they're tippy-tapping all over the place. Mm-hmm. Here's our trick for teaching yourself and your kids Morse code super fast. If you want, like, a printable version of this that you can look at, the backside of every one of our mugs in our store, offgridprepfamily.com forward slash store, the side that faces you when you're drinking your morning coffee has our Morse code guide on it. Also, we have some t-shirts and hoodies that have it on the back, which is kind of fun, too. Basically, every letter in the alphabet turns into a sound. So you're not translating from the sound that's coming into your ear to a dot dash on the paper to a letter to English. You're like, you're going to skip that step. Because the way that a lot of people learn Morse code is kind of like, translating from Italian to Latin to English. Like they're adding a step that's not necessary and it slows you down. And you're never going to get fast at it if you do it that way. So, for example, the letter A, it sounds like above, which is dot dash. Or the letter B sounds like baby back ribs, which is dash, dot, dot, dot. Now I'm sure that whoever developed Morse code Morse. beyond Samuel no beyond <laughs> okay. Samuel Morse I didn't say invented I was trying to be careful there okay didn't consider the the word or the phrase baby back ribs no, but it ha- makes it easy but it does now I'll bet they had their own system yeah based on the same for lack of a better term phonetic Yes. Description. And lots of people have these little tricks. It's yeah. just we figured them out in an easy way that makes sense for modern English. Yeah. And it makes it memorable. So when you hear that sound immediately in your brain, you don't think dash dot dot dot. You think B. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so it's just fast. Uh, ice cream. What's y- ice cream? Ice cream is dot dot. Because when it you like when you hear the word I- yeah the word ice cream. Nobody yeah. says ice cream. <laughs> like, that's creepy. That's not English. So, you, you don't think dash, dash. You think ice cream. Because it's fun and perky. Or understand. 
understand. That's totally. A yeah. One understand. more. Uh, ooh, warm water. That's, that's a W. That is. That's a really important one. So if you want to learn Morse really fast and really easy, just go ahead and go to our store, get a t-shirt, get a hoodie, or get any cute little mug mm -hmm. and uh, get your Morse on. And bonus points to anyone who unlocks today's Morse code at the end of our episode. Can we say thank you to our first sponsor of the day? Thrive Life Freeze-Dried Food? Thrive Life Freeze-Dried Foods. We've talked about Thrive Life for years, mm -hmm. even before we did podcasts. Uh, yeah, like <laughs> before we did podcasts. We, I remember touting this stuff to family and friends and them saying, oh, you don't need freeze-dried. Why would you need that? Yeah. And then I remember defrosting the stuff or rehydrating, I should yes. say. And it was shockingly higher quality yeah. than grocery store and produce. And we've been through some uh, natural disasters and mm -hmm. odd incidences. And it's really nice to just <laughs> be able... Incidences. We just seem to attract <laughs> odd incidences. Um, it's nice to be able to just eat really good normal food. And yeah. not rely on the Red Cross and whatever swill they happen to be slopping up in the tent. Did you know if you go into the Red Cross tent, you're not allowed to leave? What? Yeah, we've never had to go in. Come again? Yeah. You're basically a prisoner. Why? I'm assuming FEMA's like that too, because where are you going to go? Pillage the city? Oh, I guess that it's makes like sense. Thing. Yeah, but that's super but we're always mm -hmm, creepy. Yeah, so we're always our own uh, independent person during... Uh, civil unrest or odd honestly occurrence. not usually by choice if i had to look yeah, back that's just how our life rolls. i mean yeah <laughs> wow so if you too find yourselves in these odd situations you should probably get yourself some freeze-dried food i don't remember being airlifted and simultaneously arrested that's a different they did try and take you to the camp but instead you stole that or, sorry borrowed. no 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 she gave you her I, car. no it was a dude Okay, okay it no, was I husband? saved the guy's wife. <laughs> I pulled her out because she was going back for her stuff. And I was like, you can't, and you can't you, do that. You You're going to drown. And I pulled her onto the roof on her house. For days. Yes. And then <laughs> the he, her husband, and she was like Russian or something. It was super weird. She was weird. a mail-order bride. Well, maybe. I don't know. Yes, she oh, was a mail-order bride. Anywho, I helped this lady out and... Her husband was so thankful that he said, you know, where do you need to go? And I said, well, I kind of want to find my family, honestly. And we had an emergency plan, so you had a vague idea of where we would I be. had an idea, yeah. And so I took this guy's car, and he, it was great. And, and you never saw him again? Uh, no, I, I did see him when I gave his car back. We, we met him. I gave it to his secretary or something. Oh, yeah. It that Yeah, sketchy. it was pretty... Oh, it was super sketchy. <laughs> yeah, it was really sketchy. But that's like being taken but care of. you had food, you had mm -hmm. a change of clothes, you had everything you need. I mean, not, not, I, not when I was on the roof, but... Yeah. I wish you'd have had some toilet paper, but other than that, I think you did all right. Yeah. That one lady could have had some insulin. That would have been helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I think she's okay. I'm I don't sure know. she's fine. Anyways, <laughs> get yourself some Thrive Life if you, too, are an attractor of chaos. Yeah. Because you never know. You really never know. Yeah. 
if you go to offgridprepfamily.com forward slash friends, we've got a little linky dink there for 15% off your first order, which is no small deal if you're looking to put in a large No, it's not. It's really, food. really high quality stuff. High quality. Stuff. And it it's is. It's not going to be as cheap as it is right now. That's right. They're going to be cheaper. Moving on. So we're talking about growing a year's worth of food. What does that look like? It's a lot of food. It's a lot of food. It's more food than you'd think, especially if you stop eating out and getting takeout and getting pizza. Yeah. That's a lot, a lot. There are no pizza plants. There are it's... no pizza plants. <laughs> I... We made mostly homegrown pizza tonight. Yeah. But still, we yeah, didn't. You can't... We didn't grow the wheat. We didn't. We didn't grow the flour. You know, frankly, we could, but that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So, I guess if you're trying to grow a year's worth of food, which a lot of us are doing right now, you need to prioritize and you need to grow dollar signs. Mm-hmm. You need to grow what you eat. You need to grow the things that cost you the most money and grow the things that are the easiest to store. I mean, if you're prepping, if you're seriously prepping, and this isn't just a hobby... You're going to be going through some fundamental changes in who you are and how you feel and yeah. think about things. And that will affect your diet accordingly. It, does, for it sure. really does. You're going to be looking at drastic reductions in calorie counts, anyways. And just like making wise choices, just like everything else you do. That's right. So that affects your garden. If yeah. you try and recreate the abundance of. Yeah, strawberries 12 months of the year, like, apples in May, that's gross. It's never going to happen. Avocado toast every morning. And frankly, it shouldn't happen. No, it's not natural. And it's probably and not good for you. it's part of what is making the world such a mess today, is yeah. people wanting everything now. All the things, all at once, for really cheap. And it leads to bad fruit, frankly. Yeah, it just... Not just literally, but Once you start growing all your own stuff, you just can't bring yourself to buy that grocery store stuff, because it just sort of tastes like water and it disappointment. Does. Roundup? I don't it's even know. Disgusting. It's really bad. So, for example, as far as, like, growing dollar signs... I personally am not going to grow my own, like, grains because it would take, like, 45 acres and equipment that I cannot afford. For now, to be clear. Like, yeah. this is the stage we're at. And it's still really cheap to buy it. It is. Even organic. Even the fancy, you know, non-GMO ancient wheat that's low in gluten. Like, it's still really affordable to buy. It doesn't make any sense and to grow this is the, for me. this is an important part of prepping. What what stage are you at? What can yeah. you still get cheaper than, you know, I'm not going to go out and buy a $100,000 tractor when I can yeah. get flour for $12, 8 I don't even, what is it, $10 it's, a bag now? We're now paying $30 for a 25-kilogram bag, which is a lot more than it was. But still, but it's a still heck of a lot really cheaper. Cheap. Can considering the manufacturing yeah. that has to happen mm -hmm. so that is a very important part of all your prepping and there's a lot of that like with corn and we do grow sweet corn and we but like we don't use enough cornmeal to no, grow we don't. an entire field of hard corn no, and like, it's, an, it's better to give up cornmeal entirely than yeah. to but if you can't get organic corn mm -hmm. you should probably give up cornmeal entirely <laughs> that's an, a different that's a different uh, conversation <laughs> yeah. um i'm also not growing a ton of lettuce i grow enough to have a head or two every day all summer but you can't store it no you really so can't, can't freeze it any like 
uh, big amounts of garden space to that. Yeah. By the way, if you live in zone six or cooler, this is your last week to plant lettuce for your fall harvest. Really? So do it now. Wow. Because that's just how long it takes. If you're growing like a sal salanova or like a head lettuce. Okay. So plant those. Uh, we eat a lot of tomato and like pepper based stuff like salsa, tomato sauce. Mm -hmm. We eat a lot of that in the winter, even like tomato soup. So we focus a lot on those because they're very expensive to buy. Yes, and they, they are. Always were expensive to buy, especially if you're going for organic. So they're going to be really they, expensive to buy now. They really were in yeah. Canada. It's always been expensive to buy good tomatoes and good yeah. peppers. Yeah. So focus on the things that you spend a lot of money on. Um, pickles, pesto, like things that you might eat a lot more if they were free or basically free. Yeah, garlic. Yeah. For uh, for us this year, we we've really been working on garlic, and yeah. we had. We, we've had a lot of big failures with garlic. We have garlic nematodes. Once you have garlic nematodes in well, your soil. We have everything. We have everything because we're surrounded by large scale farms. But once you have the garlic nematodes in your soil, there's no way to get rid of them. And crop rotation will not evade them. Yeah. Because they can move a long way, which is why you need to be really careful about where you're getting your garlic seed from, like the little cloves that you plant. Ideally, you would find an old-timer gardener who has been using his own seed for decades, who has never brought any new <laughs> garlic into his garden, and you'd get it from him. But right. otherwise, you're going to you're gonna. And since he's house. selling to you and not just giving it to his kids, there's no way he's not going to be super creepy. Oh, and he's probably just like sprayed the heck out of it with seven spray oh. or something. Anyways, garlic. Speaking of garlic, you want to focus on the things that store easily. Because in an off-grid or weird scenario, burning all that fuel for canning and freezing and things, it's just easier if you can just put something in your cellar it is. and put it on the shelf. Yeah. Uh, winter squash. We eat our, our pumpkins until about Valentine's Day, early March. And then some of those thicker skin squash, we, we're eating them right up till April. Yeah. Uh, carrots potatoes onions garlic and cabbages those are the things that we try and eat a lot of and coincidentally that's winter food can we can i talk about how we learn to store root vegetables this yes, year yes and this depends on your humidity it I very think, much more does than yeah so if you live in a very humid climate you can't take advice very literally from somebody who lives in a very dry or arid climate yeah so what we found from our own experience is if you live in a dry climate you can store your root crops in quote dirt yeah right it has a lot of moisture in it there's a lot of organic material in there but it's almost as though you haven't dug them out of the soil that's and what they it's like, like that Th if they it's do not too yeah humid but if you live in a humid climate as we do you need to store them in dry peat moss yeah dry dry but enough to cover them yeah. Almost to cool them and keep the light out, mm -hmm. but you cannot have any organic can't material. Add any moisture to them, or they go, they start to grow, and then they rot. Then they rot immediately. So that was a. We really searched for that. Yeah. yeah. Because not having to can or pickle or freeze your carrots when you're talking about a whole lot of carrots, that's a big savings. But you mm -hmm. got to figure out what works in your area, right? Mm -hmm. Um. 
because prepping is about surviving and then still like enjoying your life and thriving uh, we also think about growing things that add to the quality of life stuff that you might not normally want to spend a lot of money on at the grocery store so once you've got like all your basics ticked start thinking about like growing all that basil so you can make basil pesto I could never in my life afford to grow that amount or to buy that amount of basil no but we can grow it yeah and at the end of the summer, everyone's mm-hmm. just sick of basil, and the freezer is full of basil pesto. I could never buy that at the store. And this is, we live in such a weird climate, mm-hmm. I'm going to say culturally. Yeah. Because there's no way that I should have to trob, trob through hip deep snow, and yet I can grow asparagus. Yeah, it's kind of weird. It's super weird. It's super weird. But I can. Yeah. So like uh, artichokes, hot peppers, like grow 50 different types of hot peppers in your greenhouse. You can, because why not? Mm-hmm. Sun-dried tomatoes, mushrooms. There's all sorts of cool mushroom kits on Amazon now. Grapes. That's our thing. That's our thing. It's the thing that grows here, so that's the thing we grow. Hundreds of vines. Do we? Uh, yeah, we have I several think we have 350 hundred fifty vines. vines. And they're all thriving. Yeah, they're amazing. It and makes take, no sense. They take like no effort. So live in the land of root crops. Find and yet, the thing that goes and yeah. make that thing your thing that you're going to trade for the stuff you can't grow. And that is not what commercial farming has been about. No. Which is such a travesty. Yeah, you have to be more intuitive. How could you not be that economical and, and say, <laughs> hey, you know what, boys? Let's grow what grows here. <laughs> no. It's no, like, no. let's grow what let's queen... Grow what the government will pay us to grow. Queen Ford wants here. Yeah, this is all we're sure. doing now. We have to take a quick break. Yes. Second sponsor of the day, the Off-Grid Prep Family Homesteading Planner, which we just got our proof of in the mail we did. tonight. I'm so excited. <laughs> so if you want to get your homestead and your homeschooling and your prepping and your pantry and your livestock all organized in one handy dandy super thick yearly planner, Head over to Amazon and get the off-grid prep family homesteading planner. Or if you're really ambitious and you want to print it yourself, you can get it for about half the price by downloading the PDFs on our website at the store, but then you have to print it. And frankly, once you print it, it's probably cheaper just to buy it. <laughs> I did not uh, price this at an expensive margin. I just want people to have it and be organized. It has blank dates, so you have flexibility and summer and winter layouts with uh, all your chores and harvests and weathers and meal plans all in one. Check it out and uh, leave me a five-star review if you could. I would really appreciate it. Moving on. So we're going to talk about using the techniques of commercial growers, which we do. Yeah. If you're going to grow a lot of food, you can't approach it as a backyard hobbyist. No. We can't say enough about landscape fabric commercial yeah. landscape fabric yeah you just if you're growing a huge crop you can't you can't if you weed don't that. have slaves even if you have many many teenage children you it still, gets hot you, you can't be out there weeding for hours every day it's 38 degrees yeah. celsius right now which yeah. is well into the hundreds it's insane it's too hot you can't make anybody anybody work in that no it's not cool and we don't have slaves so yeah Landscape fabric, Prevents using the all the smart techniques. And so you need to sort of follow in the footsteps of people who are doing this for a living. 
but still doing it without all the sprays and ridiculous things. Yep. So we have a list of books that we recommend on our off-grid gear site down at the bottom there. Uh, the first one that I love is The Market Gardener by Jean-Martin Fortier. He's in Quebec. I like that he's in a very similar growing climate to us, which is I, very handy. I could see that. And he he supports him, his wife, and like a half of his own employees on an acre and a half. Really? Because he sells in Montreal and he tells you his planting schedules, wow. his distances apart in rows, like everything, like down to the minute detail. And what I really think is helpful is his approach on... I want to harvest this for my CSA on this date, so I need to plant it on this date, and this is what I put in my calendar. Like, he's very precise about it, mm -hmm. and that's how you have to be if this isn't just a hobby and you're just trying to grow food. Right. Uh, the second one that we love so much is by Edmund Morris, 10 Acres Enough. If you don't have that book, you have to get it. Uh, Kindle is fine for that one. The Market Gardener, you really need the paperback. Uh, 10 Acres Enough is just, you know, it's 250 years ago, but it, he's facing the same stuff that we're all facing now, which is, it's a fun read, and our kids like it too. The New Organic Grower by Elliot Coleman. He's also doing it on a large scale, warmer climate, but a lot of the principles are very similar, and he talks a lot about, like, pests and you know blight and things that you'll face there so i, I was going to say warmer climate i bet yeah. he's got a lot more pests yeah, yeah. so he's got a lower, longer growing season like some of these things is like oh grow organic produce 12 months of the year and it's like yeah that sounds nice <laughs> but it's not gonna happen but there's always something you can glean uh we also really like the youtube channel you can't eat the grass they're in Soyuz or Kukanusa or something like that. Somewhere super Somewhere warm. warm, but BC uh, inland. And they're supporting their family on their little homestead garden. Nice. So, all good things that we totally recommend. Any other advice you have to someone who's trying to grow a year's worth of food? Well, if I had the option I, I guess you have to look at the fact of whether or not how set up you are mm -hmm. and that that really determines everything do you have a tractor or do you just have a rototiller do you have the physical capability to cut lines into the side of the hill and yeah. knock down trees yeah I mean this is important stuff it is. And is your land field that first year that you're trying to push back the forest even if it's a field, it's full of weeds. It's really hard. There's a yeah. serious juju in there yeah. that, like, you can't... You, you're fighting. Live. It creates a, a kind of a macro organism in the environment that you're going to have to just tear that thing apart. Yeah, you've got a beech tree yeah, this isn't fifty feet away, and suddenly you've got a beech sapling you growing know, up from the roots in your garden. We talk about this all the time, but I don't know if we've ever talked about it on this level of gravitas in the podcast, is... When you walk into any wild scenario, which if you're excuse a, my glug, if you're a prep, I'm just gonna give you a minute. Pardon me. If <laughs> <laughs> uno momento, por favor. You okay. good? You good? Yeah, good. Okay. If you walk into any scenario outside of a city, you're going to run into the wild. 
And since everybody listening to this and everybody who understands us is a prepper, we are all attracted to that wild space. The downside of that wild space is it's wild. It has an energy and a strength that you you haven't encountered before. If you've grown up in the city, you, you might be mistaken in thinking that it likes you. It hates you. It does not. It like wants you. to kill you. And this is this is another layer to the problem of being a prepper. Mm-hmm. Not only are you against humans, you're to a point. inherently yes. well not not against yeah, humans. I know what you mean though. You're against society, societal yes. choices and indoctrination, yeah. which unfortunately means you're against most humans. Mhm. Okay. Despite their I'm with you there. Continue. You're naturally, as a human being in a modern society, or coming from a modern society, you're against nature. Mm-hmm. So that means when you head out as a prepper, you're generally against the whole world. Yeah. Not for... The water is trying to kill you. Everything's trying to kill you. Everything. Kill you. <laughs> you left because the people were trying to kill you. Then your feet turn green and that tries to kill you. <laughs> I don't know. We have never had green feet. We've had itchy no. feet, mostly in cities, oddly enough, actually. Yeah, but that's usually after coming out of, like, the jungle or some, like, South American climate. You don't notice yeah. it when you're there. I don't know. Yeah, I it's don't like, know. It's like conflicting fungus. I'm, I'm not going to go back and do more research on that no, topic. No, let's not try again. So I'm just going to keep your feet clean. We're probably healthier than we've ever been <laughs> now. Yeah. But there's constant battles. Mm-hmm. And... Y- Eventually, you learn to just fight the battles. And in the fighting, you, you, you find victory. Yeah. You're just fighting all the time. But you're fighting smart. You get stronger, and then it doesn't seem like such a It's not anymore. such a big deal you anymore. Yeah. But becoming a prepper and getting really familiar with what, what you can grow. Mm-hmm. That's, that's good the point of this particular what episode. What grows there, and then base your meals around that. Yeah. Also... If you downloaded our uh, off-grid prep family food storage calculator, the Excel spreadsheet. Mm, yeah, it's that's a good on one. on our store. If you're an Excel junkie, go check it out. <laughs> if you're not, you might not find it too interesting. But it'll give you a printout of your entire year's worth of groceries when you're done. And then you can see those things that cost you a lot of money. And that's where we really focus on growing or producing or raising those things. I feel like this is a good time to remind anyone who's listening that you don't have to be a martyr. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be such a struggle. And you don't have to do it all. Now you this can comes trade people. You can make th- choices. This comes on the heels of me literally just saying it's a constant battle. <laughs> I, I understand that. Go on, tell me. But I feel like. The difference between a battle and a struggle, I th- feel like those are two very different things. Mm-hmm. In a battle, you're fighting, you're alive. Mm-hmm. But in a struggle, you're losing. It's like you're being consumed by the weeds. Oh, yeah. You gotta get past that struggle part. You really do, and for it's tough. And for prepping, and move on to the just the easy, sort of constant, making good choices well, part. And the science. Mm hmm. Once you've won that battle, you get to move on mm-hmm. to paying attention to how things actually work. Yeah, like managing your time yeah. or your talent or your growing conditions more wisely. Yes. Like how many years in a row do you try to grow beets before you realize 
I rock at growing grapes. I'm just going to sell some grapes and buy some beets. <laughs> Not speaking mm-hmm. from like personal experience or anything. Oh yeah, our beets suck. <laughs> but the frustrating thing is in other places, I rock at beets. So it drives me insane yeah. Yeah, to I not know. rocket beats here. Also, if you're trying to grow extra to make money at your roadside stand to pay for the things that you can't grow yourself, I want to encourage you to grow some flowers, like some easy flowers. Zinnias, Cosmos, some like uh, cinnamon basil, because it attracts people to that stand. Is cinnamon basil a flower? I mean, I know it flowers, but okay. is that like... I think it's called cinnamonette basil, but that's our like number one like flower filler, other than oregano. Really? Yeah, it's just basil that's gone to flower, but it smells awesome. It yeah, looks it does. awesome. Everybody loves it. Huh. Use our fruit storage calculator to see which items in your pantry are costing you the most money every year, and just grow those items and forget about the rest, and just find some little Amish Mennonite stand down your road to get the rest from. I'm going to add in a little piece that we've noticed this year. Hmm. Whatever fruit you're growing, be it vines, cherries, any kind of fruit, the answer to successful fruit is murder. Murdering everything else. Mur- straight up homicide. Yeah. Whatever's near that fruit, you kill it. You kill it with murder we and fire. We have not had any luck with the sort of permaculture no. food forest setup. That is not a thing. Maybe if you live somewhere, I don't know, but I've not lived there. And I in imagination in land. Many different no, all those books are wrong. If run forest, run. Need a whole lot of food. It's like that guy who's like, I own thirty-two things, and they all fit in this backpack, and I'm a minimalist. That sounds gross. If there's no one else relying on you and you're just a single wolf, you're out there, you're floating around. Yeah, food forest is up. But if you've got a lone wolf. (laughs) Sorry. It's late and it's Sunday. Anyways. This is a verticoli. This is literally worth more than a human baby. This is a verticoli. Low torque, minimal drag. I could literally not love a human baby as much as I love this brush. <laughs> Gru- <laughs> Sorry. Stop. Guess the movie, folks. <laughs> Thank you for listening. If you've stuck around until now, please give us a five-star review. But more importantly, please share our podcast with a friend. We would really, really, really appreciate it. It helps us, you know get some listens do you have a quote of the day for us today i was walking home one night and a guy hammering on a roof called me a paranoid little weirdo in morse code <laughs> it's a quote from emo phillips emo phillips thank you emo phillips. it took me a minute that one mm. thank you folks have a nice night see you tomorrow <laughs>